Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of the TMI News and Politics podcast. I am your co-host, Anthony Miller. I am your other co-host, JBW. And uh, we got a powerful episode for you tonight. Um, I should, how do we want? How do we want to kick this off? I think we just got to get into it. Uh, right before we start, we're gonna let you know that this is gonna be a little bit of a longer episode. We want to catch up on some past topics that we haven't had time to cover. So uh, sit back. Uh, you know, maybe listen to this while you're doing some yard work, working. Uh, Grab some popcorn if you're. I don't know. Put this on the record player. Maybe they put us on vinyl. Yo, that'd be cool. Getting some vinyls. Yeah, I'm working on it. They got a company that uh, takes ashes and compresses them. Whose ashes are we gonna? Put Mine. On I actually will be committing seppuku live on a Twitch stream. Uh okay. The revenue could be there. I don't know if it's worth it. You know, know if it's worth. Maybe once we blow up. Maybe once we blow up, but even then, that's when the the money would really be in keeping you alive. That'll like, be the goal. We hit we hit a hundred thousand streams. I will seppuku myself. Okay, let's go for a hundred million. A hundred million. Say we've made it big, big. Once we've made it big, big. Well, you gotta start really small still with about... sub goals. No, no, we hit we hit a hundred. Yeah, I will stub my pinky toe on stream. There you go. There you go. Stubs the pinky toe on stream because you can't you can't undersell yourself. If you go out while we're at only a hundred thousand streamers, what am I supposed to do for two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand? I can't not have my co-host after a hundred thousand. So no, hundred million. Then we will t- consider Anthony being allowed to commit. Well, to if we're gonna be honest, I think people are really listening for you. You know, your I sultry that. voice. I seriously doubt that. Um, we're recording a podcast, so anyway, uh, no malarkey, my ass. Remember that Joe Biden went around on a bus and no malarkey, the you no malarkey so. tour. No malarkey, my ass. Joe Biden, he's rolled back on student debt relief. He's rolled back. He was like a $50,000 student debt relief. Ah, uh, 10000 Ah, uh, what I said, there's no no student, nothing, nothing. You can have, I got a penny, got a penny. You want a penny? Got a penny for you. You can get student debt relief. Uh, Marco Rubio, I think, put out a bill that said uh, if you survive a, a terrorist attack, you get a one-year deferment on your student Student loan loan debt, not even like a, not even like a, like it's wiped, like I mean, one year. But like a, a year could make all the difference. You know, you just survived that. You got to survive. Attack. You got to <laughs> get back like, on your feet like that's before a, you can that's start paying a, back money to the man. He, but that's not even all. He's he's rolled back on the student debt relief, the minimum wage. The where's the fifty dollar minimum wage? They just stopped talking about it. The public option. Remember that he was running on a public option. He doesn't talk about it. S one. They've given up on that filibuster reform they've given they've joe manchin wrote an op-ed he said he's not doing anything that's not bipartisan mm-hmm. what is bipartisan bipartisan he can suck my ass those those 50 republicans how many of them voted for that insurrectionist thing four four republicans voted for the for the insurrection uh ta- task force thing like I mean, we haven't even gotten there yet you're getting ahead of yourself Ah, anyway, anyway, anyway. He just continues to capitulate to Republicans on his infrastructure bill as well. Or he came out with like $2.3 trillion, mm-hmm. and then the Republicans were like $4. And then he was like, all right, $700 billion. And the Republicans were like $3 and a copper nickel. And and, and, and back and forth, back and forth. And he's he's just like... When, when one side... Uh, it, of of the aisle is saying, hey, let's like give people health care, mm. and let's let's give people's money so that they can they can spend it. Let's stimulate money this economy first, because yeah. uh, if you don't recall, just a couple of months ago, like thirty to forty percent of people couldn't pay their rent. Mm-hmm. They couldn't mm-hmm. pay their mortgage, 
and then we got this like uh, this stimulus payment, which is just like a one-time adrenaline shot of cash. Meant nothing. Uh, like once that money is gone, do you think people are going to suddenly be able to pay their rent again? Like, did oh, wages... don't you know? With with my uh, twelve hundred dollars stimulus check, I caught up on my seven months back rent. Oh. I uh, managed to put down a down deposit on my house. I've completely changed my life around, bro. That that twelve hundred dollars that did it big for me. Yeah, like. That money is going to dry up soon. The unemployment benefits are going to end soon. And then all of these crises are going to be facing a Congress that like, may or may not be in session. <laughs> and Mitch McConnell has already said that like he's going to oppose anything that Joe Biden tries to do. That the, like, the Republicans' goal is for the next two years until the midterms, to, for the next, I guess, year now, mm. is to oppose the Democrats. That's it. Obstruction obstruct 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 so so without filibuster reform there's essentially nothing substantial that will get done it's like joe biden said to his donors during the during the campaign he said nothing will fundamentally change and here we are the wheels are falling off the bus um on that note many democrats are actually threatening to vote no on any infrastructure bill that is not centered around climate change so it seems that uh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Mm. Uh, many, many Senate Democrats are saying that if Joe Biden cannot muster something substantive with the Republicans, that they'll 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 have to go it alone. And it seems that actually uh, the Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are moving forward with uh, uh, attempting to put this bill through Senate reconciliation or uh, budget reconciliation. Mm. Excuse me. Hell yeah. So. Uh... I feel like this has been a lot of a lot of negatives hitting on on Biden. Do you feel like Biden has done anything good recently? Do you think like have you seen well, anything? Well, not that comes since out? like the the care. I guess he. You're looking at me. Well, I don't, I'm just I'm just straight up asking. I'm like you know this. <sighs> I don't. Know. Donald Trump set the bar so low. Yeah. Yeah. He did. That obviously anything Joe Joe Biden could fart mm -hmm. and it'd be better than than Mo, Trump on on mm -hmm. most you know his average day, mm -hmm. um, but God damn it, this is the United States of America. Like we should expect more from our leaders. He he's kind of a geriatric old man. I mean, yeah, he's got that nice white smile. He's old. He's slow. You don't got to worry about him doing anything crazy. This is what we said we were gonna get when we voted for Biden over Trump for another four years. So I think at the end of the day, this, with with nothing changing, nothing radical, this is that stability we wanted. Yeah, we're complaining that nothing is happening, but at the same time, we don't have someone misrepresenting us on the world stage. Well, but, but what stability do we have? Like this continued system of, of you know, 70% of us paycheck to paycheck, of like people stressed and depressed and anxious. Yes. I just, I think that in the wealthiest country in the world, we could do better than this. Oh, I 100% agree we could do better. But as we know, and as we've talked about, as I bring up pretty constantly, the American economy is not built for the average person to take a day off. Well, I, we're I the only developed that. country in the world that doesn't that. have, that doesn't have like free college. That doesn't have some form or, or another of like public health care. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have uh, some some form or another of a like paid time off by law. Mm -hmm. uh, we're the only one, 
and these other countries seem to have figured out this whole economy thing. They seem to have this this whole capitalism thing under under their foot. Yeah. Um, in in their head, you know. I think America is just a late bloomer. I think we'll get there eventually. Uh, speaking of of late bloomers, Joe Biden and the G seven have made an absolute uh, just mockery of themselves. They they came out with now, hold this. Up, hold up. When you say G seven, who exactly are you referring to? Uh, the G seven is this this coalition of democratic countries. I think it's like uh the U S, Canada, Germany, France, Italy. Uh, there's one more that I can't remember, but they're the G seven. Okay. And uh, basically, they they're overseeing this this whole commission to like donate extra vaccine doses mm-hmm. to to third world countries. Um, and and they announced that they were going to announce like a, or donate like a billion vaccines, uh, but then you know you read the fine print and you find out that actually they're only donating another like six hundred million or so, and this is just in addition to the amount they had already donated to make it one billion vaccine doses donated total, um, and and they're doing all of this despite the fact that experts estimate it's going to take about 11 and a half billion vaccine doses to inoculate the population of the world mm-hmm. enough to achieve herd immunity and on on top of that uh, they're doing all of this instead of just signing the trips waiver which would allow countries to manufacture their own doses of of the covid-19 vaccine and just to as as like a as like a reference point, a single factory could produce this amount of vaccines in a year. Mm-hmm. One factory could yeah. produce the total amount being donated. Um, so, so they all these wealthy democratic countries they come together, they do their photo shoot, they shake their hands, they they smile their smiles and kiss their babies, and uh, they do nothing essentially. Fundamentally, they're doing nothing. They're they're pissing into the ocean while millions of people are dying of this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy to, to think of in the terms of human life. You know, when you think you have your your leaders of all of these uh, developed countries coming together, that they would have some a, kind of a just picture of the amount of people they'd be able to see if had people they'd be able to save had they give out you know the the patent to make the vaccine. But I mean, just. The concept of a patent, I don't think it should even apply when you're when it comes to saving human lives, but it always does, you know. So whenever a patent is involved in a vaccine, you know, a little bit of my my faith in humanity dies immediately. Like, oh right, you found a way to save people's lives, and you said only people who can afford it can get it. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, that that I one hundred percent agree with. Um, I mean, I obviously I understand that like people need that like drive to be you know to be a doctor to go through the years of medical school and to be the person to who discovers like that vaccine Mm. but i don't think that that drive necessarily has to be that you own the patent to a life-saving drug that will net you like a billion dollars exactly personally now maybe this doesn't work for everyone and that's why we have money but like for me it's like all right you you've done something great you have some great contribution to society what does society give to you your name goes down in history you were the person that cured the disease that took hundreds of millions of lives you know, if you came up with the, the coronavirus vaccine, all right, it's named after you now. How many people's lives did you save? You saved an era, but instead throw a patent on it and they and them and their, you know, their uh, 
families for generations to come are gonna gonna get paid off of it. I well, from what I understand, and this is even more egregious, mm-hmm. but uh, they don't want to release the patents for the vaccine because they think that uh, the technology, the mRNA technology, mm-hmm. could also be used to create a possible vaccine for cancers, certain types of cancers, and for other for other diseases. Mm-hmm. And so these companies don't want to release their intellectual properties because they're worried that China or Russia or some other India might discover the cure first and then they'll lose out on future profits which is even worse they're worried that that we'll be able to cure these dangerous diseases faster but we'll lose out on on profit the the idea of a patent when it comes to human health human health care keeping people alive is absolutely ridiculous it 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 just shouldn't be there but what do I know? Just just some kid from, from Oregon talking into a microphone with his homie. Uh, what what do we have up next? Uh, Biden's got this this new plan to narrow the racial wealth gap, um, but it's not reparations, and he's not doing anything directly. Essentially, it's it's all through things like tax credits mm. and and uh, tax deductions and mm. investments in small businesses. Um, and this is just the, the, why I wanted to talk about this was because this is sort of, uh, it's sort of representative of a lot of what modern day democratic policy mm-hmm. is, which yeah. is release this super wordy. I've got it. I've got it highlighted over here. His, uh, the, the plan is to build back better by advancing racial equity across the American economy. Isn't that a slogan? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, and it's it's one of the the things that I've heard from Republicans, especially the past few years, as I kind of became more politically aware that a lot of what the Democrats Democrats do is is lip service to minorities. It's how they get their votes. And while I don't love the idea of voting for someone just because they're going to say they're doing something for me, particularly like this. I mean, it's better than the the alternative. You know, I, I'll say it now and I'll say it again. I, I'll take this Biden over what Trump was going to do. So, I'm no, you know, I 100 percent agree is what with it that. Is. But like, it, there's there's no doubt that this is better than what the Republicans would put forward. But again, like they set the bar so low. Yeah, this is the wealthiest country in the world. Mm-hmm. What is this? Is the, the United States of America? We've got the Statue of Liberty. We're supposed to take care of our people. We're supposed to be a beacon for the world. So, so, like, he has to release this wordy proposal because he can't say fifteen dollar minimum wage. But also, I think it's important for us to dive into at least me why I am not happy with you know him directly fund funding you know small black owned businesses my my problem with this is that you could do more for closing the wealth gap in america with the same amount of money if you prioritized like anthony said raising the minimum wage putting bills in place that would require people to make a living period you know like we said in our our quick news episode yeah you should definitely uh, check out our quick news we do little 20 minute shorts of uh you know smaller newscasts that isn't as long as this one you know you should check it out but like we said in one of those um people there's only one there is only one for now um <laughs> peep, uh walmart employees they they don't make enough you know and that's and, indicative and that's that's crazy so why is it that 
as president of the United States, you decided to focus on only one group when your job is to focus on everyone. Now, don't get me wrong, as an African American, I absolutely love that we have a president that will focus on making the African American experience better and by pushing African American businesses to growth. That is absolutely amazing. But there are other people rather than African Americans. Like, yeah, the, the, the African American in me is like, yeah, hooray. But the American in me is like, what about the Asian Americans? What about the Indian Americans? What about the Native Americans who are also struggling with these exact same wealth gap problems, but now have to wait for someone to notice them? The president of the United States is supposed to look out for everyone, not just the group that will get him votes. Or her votes, or them votes. You know, we're progressive times. Times are changing. Yeah, and uh, and I just want I want to reiterate that like Medicare for all is a racial issue because if you're black or brown, you're overwhelmingly more likely to be poor and overwhelmingly more likely to not be able to afford health care. Mm. Student debt, eliminating student debt, is a racial policy. Because I think it's something like 70% of the student debt is owned by minorities, black, black people or, or Hispanic people. Um, like, And those issues, that sounds so much better. That wins elections. Mm. But they can't say it because they're beholden to their corporate donors. Um, and, and I, I want to be very clear. The Republicans are worse. But the reason why I'm saying all of these things about the Democrats is because... I believe that they could be better. Like mm. I think that our best option right now, at least with the current two-party system, until we get ranked choice voting or something along those lines, uh, like they're our best option for change in this country. And the first way to, to do that is to hold them accountable. Exactly, exactly. Just because you are the best option doesn't mean you get to sit back and fuck around with hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, pardon my language, but like, as when you step up to the plate and say, all right, we're going to run this country, you have to do more than mediocre. And I that's incredibly stressful. And that's one of the reasons I, you know, have personal anxieties about going into politics. It's a lot of pressure to succeed. But at the same time, when you jump up there, when you jump in the helm if, of, you know, the, the most, in quotes, powerful country in the world, you got to know what you're doing. And I, I would like to see more from the current administration is is the least I can say. I just don't... We're so far along this thing. Like, I could see maybe, like, in the primaries, there's still, like, kind of hope mm -hmm. for, for, for positive outcomes because, you know, we could have had a different guy in the seat. But I just don't see Joe Biden being able to move the needle very much, especially in a 50-50 Senate. Um, and, and unless like something happens in the midterms, there's a great blue wave that, that, you know, everybody wakes up and says, hold on a minute. No Republicans voted for the CARES package mm. or the CARES Act. Uh, no Republicans voted for, for anything that has helped me. Maybe, maybe we should put some more Democrats in the Senate, which honestly I don't see happening. And I'm, I'm worried they're even going to be able to hold their majority in the house. Uh, the, I don't know. I just don't know how like our institutions are crumbling and things are going to get bad. Oh, but oh joy, the fireworks. <laughs> now they will go. Um, up next, 
the Senate blocked uh, legislation to create a bipartisan commission to investigate the January 6th insurrection. Now, that was uh, a lot of words, and I'm to, to break it down, pretty much the Senate voted that they're not investigating uh, what happened in the the attack on the, on the Capitol. When a bunch of people broke into the U.S. Capitol and got into a bunch of offices, you know, with highly classified data, they the Senate decided they weren't going to investigate that. And the reason is because it could cause political complications. I don't know. This is just, uh, you know, Joe Manchin is, is going out on CNN or on MSNBC and he's saying things like... Uh, I'm not going to vote for or, or uh, any voting rights bill should be bipartisan. Well, while the Republicans are passing like hundreds of voting suppression bills. Mm. Uh, the, I don't know. I don't know. Like the all of the Republican state legislatures and stuff like they still have on their on their uh, platform page like they want to make gay marriage illegal at the constitutional level and, mm. and like that is still their their platform and so that's still the party that democrats are, are running against like these guys are very social authoritarian mm. and so i don't understand why joe manchin is like fetishizing or meeting them in the middle mm. this is it, it just continues to perplex me like uh, I just don't get it. I mean, I do get it. Recently, actually, a, like a, a phone call came out of him on the phone with his some some billionaire donors, uh, and he's you know he's caught between a rock and a hard place because the the corporate donors, you know, Donald Trump, if just on paper, the policies he supported, he was no different than George W. Bush. Mm. Like he was a he was a classic Republican in terms of policy. They just didn't like all of his mean tweets. Um, it's kind of hard to. Yeah, it's kind of hard to. Uh, so I, I just these guys are kind. These guys are radicals, and and unless these bills are passed through budget reconciliation, nothing is going to happen. And then the Democrats are going to lose in the midterms, and then you know Joe Biden's going to lose in his when he runs for re-election, if he's still around to run for re-election. I think what's what's crazy is that the when the Senate blocked the legislation to, to create the investigation committee, it was it was a bipartisan vote. You know, both sides decided that it was not a good idea to look in to the insurrection. I am absolutely baffled by the fact that our Senate came together and said, Yo, somebody overran our capital and we don't we don't well, want to find out. Wasn't it every Democrat voted for it? No. No, it it was straight up bipartisan. They didn't. They agreed. They did not agree. Uh, how how am I phrasing it? They it was by it was a bipartisan like agreeal not to investigate. Really? Yeah. There was um there was definitely more Republicans. They they pushed harder than than the Democrats. But there was I want to say fourteen, twelve Democrats that still voted in favor. Um, and that's just. This says that there was it was fifty four in favor, thirty five against. Okay, so that's fifty Democrats plus four Republicans in favor. In favor. Okay. And how many against? 
35. And 35 against? Yeah. So it didn't pass then? No. Okay. It was so so the commission itself was bipartisan. Mm-hmm. It was a team of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. five Democrats, okay. five Republicans. Okay. I understand how my brain did a did a miscommunication. A little oopsie doopsie. A little there. oopsie doopsies. There you go. See that is why it's super nice having two people looking over all of our notes because when I make an oopsie doopsie, Anthony's like, Hey bro, that was an oopsie doopsie. Oopsie doopsie. So now you know this was it was a bipartisan commission, but mainly Republicans blocked the- Well that's why I'm so frustrated, because Republicans couldn't vote yes on this. So what will they vote yes on, Joe Manchin? What what kind of Frankenstein haphazard monster bill are you dreaming that will pass through this goddamn Senate? The, the, I'm gonna pee. Is it out of anger? Yes. Confusion? Yes. I'm not gonna be around when he takes that tinkle winkle just so we're on the same page. All right. So up next, I think this is a good little segue, a good little break time. So we're just gonna take a moment. Anthony, how was your day today? It was all right. It was all right. I uh, I ate a lot of junk food today. Mm. Actually, mm. I've been feeling. I had like uh, three packets of this. It's like a, you know, the Ritz cheddar. Yeah. It's it's like that, but it's pretzels instead of Ritz. I had like three little snack packets of that, and then uh, a top ramen. And I'm really I'm feeling it. I feel like go. a like a slug. There you go. And then I'm planning on probably getting some Taco Bell later. Ooh. That sounds like a wonderful day for a college student. Yeah, yeah. How about you? Uh, it was a pretty chill day. Went to uh, a lake with some friends. Had some sushi afterwards. Wasn't the best customer service, but you know what? You can't have it all. Sushi was good, though. So after that, came home. I've been really tired. Ever since I got my, my second COVID shot, I've been napping like crazy. If I have free time, I'm taking a nap. Like, I'm just tired. So other than that, you know, it's been a pretty good day. Pretty good. All right, well, uh, bringing us back. <laughs> that wasn't planned or anything. No, it wasn't planned, but we. I want to. I just want to take a little break before we get into our our little segment on homelessness. Ooh, um, I'm gonna sit back for this one, refill my water. Exactly. JBW's got a little special plan for you guys. So we just do, in fact, prep your earballs. All right. So, as I finished up this last term, I decided to take a deep dive into uh, homelessness in America. While we've been talking about this show, uh, something that comes up a lot is our economy and how we bash on it because this thing don't work out. Um, And I was really interested to look at how homelessness in in America really functions. You know, as the country that is one of the richest countries in the world, we spend billions of dollars maintaining and expanding our military annually. And even so, roughly 500,000 Americans go homeless every night. How? Like, that is absolutely baffling to me. Um, So through two research projects, I I did a bunch of research through um, different states, different social systems, and to try to really figure out how this works, you know, uh, as a country. And the biggest answer, the, the straight up answer to just answer, well, the biggest question is that homelessness is a individual state problem rather than a federal one. Um, Now, what that means is that each state is left up to its own devices to solve homelessness, you know? So what California does to uh, affect its homeless population is completely different than what Texas is doing. 
Um, now that takes its forms in different ways. Um, I think the biggest one uh, is the comparison bes- between California and Texas. These are two states I really took a deep dive into. Um, so in 2016, uh, California had roughly 151,000 homeless people and Texas had roughly 25,000 homeless people. Big difference, you know. There's California completely outshoots Texas. But with that being said, they address their problems differently to be expected. Uh, California puts infrastructure in place to lift people out of homelessness. Uh, Annually, they can spend $500 million in one-time emergency aid. So in in 2016, they spent $500 million in one-time homelessness emergency aid for local governments including 90 million dollars 30 or 360 million ongoing to increase cali works grants which is used to support children and families in deep need this is the kind of infrastructure california can you know maintain and produce to deal with their homeless population now part of this comes from california's massive economy california's economy is overflowing it's huge but with that they can do more now take that versus texas again only twenty-five thousand homeless people texas is in 2016 did virtually nothing to lift its people out of out of poverty um from what i could tell first of all texas's uh budget for the year of 2016 was in shambles they underfunded underfunded their uh medicare they underfunded their police it it wasn't great but with that they they definitely didn't support the homeless people so where you are in america can determine how fast you're able to get out of homelessness if at all if you're able to get the support you need to get back on your two feet um because overwhelmingly when people end up in homelessness it is through just low poverty uh, at first, I was under the impression that it might be you, there might be ties to um, mental health issues or um, learning disabilities, and though those do play a factor, the overwhelming majority is in fact just not making enough money at the end of the day. Now, part of that is because it is still legal in many countries around the world to pay people with um, learning disabilities less money than your average employer. It's just how it is it's legal in in parts of america you know on some states so these people it is easier for them to fall into homelessness and then harder for them to to fight their way out um now it's not super grim uh through my time uh doing research i learned that homelessness in the u.s is is on the decline um many short-term living facilities across the u.s has have closed since 2009 in favor in favor of uh long-term living facilities that help uh, teach people the basic skills they need to live independently now this is great and i do not want to downplay this process but it is important to note that this is not a firm solution until we see some way of regulating homelessness on a federal level whether that be the federal government straight up taking over the homeless population as its own problem so states can focus on their you know individual levels or if this is the federal government uh mandating states to uh pay a certain amount or you know 
give a certain amount to homeless to raise them out. Something needs to change. You know what could maybe help that? Hmm. Raising the federal minimum wage. To... I think I think raising the federal minimum wage would do so many wonders. Could you imagine if all of those people were just required to make a living? If they were just, if it was just um, absolutely mandatory for those people to have enough money to afford rent, you're right. Five hundred thousand people taken off the street overnight. And like the reason why I take the, this this tone with this with this podcast with this show is because like you guys already agree with us. Americans overwhelmingly they support raising the minimum wage. They support Medicare for all. They they support free college. They even support a UBI. Um, but our elected officials who we've chosen to represent us just won't do those things. Um, so, you know, you guys, we got to get involved. We got to start doing things. We got to elect people that will represent us and hold the people that we have elected accountable to, to what they're doing. Um, yeah, that, that homelessness stuff is heavy, man. I do think it's really odd that we treat it as a state issue because like homeless Californians are not Californians. They're homeless Americans. Mm. We're all Americans. Like this whole idea of a of a state identity is kind of kind of weird in yeah. my opinion. I don't know. It it just causes it, its own web of problems. It's it's a problem that could be avoided through like you said uh, other ways. The first being, you know, raising the minimum wage because simple answers. But uh, you know, that's homelessness in America. It's based off of where you are and how many people are homelessness with you determines if you're going to get any help. Or, you know, maybe you'll just end up migrating to a place where you may get help or maybe you just live out your days homeless. Yeah, you know, like these issues these, of, of chronic poverty are all things that could be solved. Like the, you know, you, I, I'm in, we're influenced by this problem pretty pretty directly because here in the Pacific Northwest there's a large population of homeless people. Mm. Homelessness is a real problem. Mm. And uh like the, the one state generally does not just doesn't have the funding to deal with these problems. Exactly. Like this is this is something that the federal government needs to step up and do. Especially since we have a fiat currency and the the federal government decides how much money to create and what that money is spent on. Like during the the height of the coronas or coronas, <laughs> during the height of the coronavirus pandemic, the the Fed dumped like trillions of dollars into the stock market, mm. trillions like a day at one point. It was like a trillion dollars a day into the stock market. Um, so they can decide to do that with money, but they can't decide to to abolish you know uh, end poverty. They can't decide to, to abolish student loan debt and, and give everybody health care and mandate that, that everybody is paid a living wage. And they can't raise the cap. Did you know that there's a hard cap on the amount of public housing units the federal government is allowed to build? Really? Yeah, and it was capped in like the 80s or the 90s. And the population is going to continue to grow. It's not percentage-based or anything. There's a hard limit on the number of houses you can build. Um and those are all things that can be changed. Just you write it down on a paper and then everybody votes to make it that way and then it's made that way. And our our government 
our our body, our lawmaking body, is just so corrupted by by wealthy corporations and, and individuals that uh, that just want their way. Mm. Um, so that that's why I get so frustrated, because uh, because we all agree that it should be different, um, and nothing happens. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, it doesn't. That nothing happens. Yeah. Um, so next up, uh, the, these are when, when I start to get into the, to my personal, my fun topics, the topics that are going to have me going for a minute. So, uh, sit back and get ready. Um, so this year in 2021, the NFL, uh, the national football league says it's going to stop race norming. Uh, now what that means is that up until now, the NFL has been, assuming that african-american players have lower base cognitive function so when they get concussions they don't need to be paid this is what aggravating to say the least um that's what i thought when we were talking about this i thought you were oh my god yeah yeah the nfl um so it's it's cool when um, African Americans are passing the the nation's entertainment time, you know, playing in the Super Bowl when they're entertaining hundreds of millions of Americans. But when they get brain damage from the sport that has been proven to cause brain damage, they're sent home without being paid. See, this is why people took to the streets burning shit, screaming Black Lives Matter. And this is why people get offended when you say all lives matter as a as a as a rebuttal to that um i i quote rappers and and different artists quite often uh and as ti once said uh you know black lives matter that that's our saying and if you say all lives matter it's only so annoyed annoying because you're not the ones getting hogtied by police in the streets so you don't get to say all lives matter when you're taking advantage of the entertainment provided by a people and then sitting by quietly while their children and their people are being murdered day in and day out for hundreds of years. And then you're going to sit here and say all lives matter? You weren't there. You didn't see it. When slaves were jumping off ships so they didn't have to come here and put their children into these horrible living conditions, those lives matter. Those lives are the lives I think about when I hear the term black lives matter. The people who were entertaining to you, who then go home to live in, in poverty, their lives matter. This is so incredibly aggravating because there is systematic and structural racism and then there's personal racism and this this is a sign of structural racism no one at the nfl was sitting here saying oh yeah yeah let's let's pay the black people less but no one said anything else until just now this didn't come out until early last year because two players filed a lawsuit and it and it came up how many people went or how many you know nfl players just went under the radar they got brain damage and no one cared in that moment how many people looked at it said oh right we're race norming didn't think about them their lives matter black lives matter don't get me wrong i'm not saying other lives don't matter i am not saying all lives don't matter but what i'm saying is you don't get to have a a moment during someone else's moment 
If someone is saying my life matters, the lives of my people matter, well, they're not saying they're more important. They're not saying they're above yours. All they are saying is that they matter. My life has meaning. My children's life has meaning. And you want to come out here and say all of our kids' lives have meaning? Stop talking. Now, Anthony, do you have any any uh, ideas on this? Or otherwise, I'm going to segue into my into my next point because this one is just as heated. So I, I'm going to talk about it. I think you should just keep going. You got the ball rolling. All man. right. You're... So so segueing into my next one. Um, some of you might know that the sim the the Senate recently voted unanimously to make Juneteenth uh, Juneteenth a national holiday, celebrating the end of slavery. Because we we needed another holiday. Um, I find this insulting, to say the least. Uh, there was a quote by by Malcolm X, and I tried really hard to find it, uh, and I couldn't. I watched like an hour and a half worth of interviews trying to find this quote, um, and it is something along the lines of, when it comes to ending racism, the white man will put so many s symbolic victories in front of you that you forget that he has not fixed the problem. We needed a day to celebrate that we weren't that we're not slaves anymore instead of any sort of reform so we're not being killed in the street i mean don't get me wrong the 100 billion dollars uh from the federal contracts into small black owned businesses that was great that was great i appreciate it but you're going to make a holiday out of it i i find this aggravating because i feel like holidays don't come later now maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe you know i don't know a lot about the history of holiday making but if you're going to mark some day as commemoration usually it happens you know as soon as it happens not how many years later how many decades later you, it wasn't a, a celebration when it happened in fact i'd say most white americans not most but the racist ones were pretty unhappy about it so the fact that you're now randomly making it a holiday and expecting any sort of positive reaction yeah <laughs> I, I, it means nothing this really makes me mad too because how how can you say that today that June June nineteenth should be an, a, a national holiday that the day that we end slavery should be a national holiday, if you're not then gonna say that we should fight for econ like for racial justice, mm -hmm. how are you gonna vote for this and then vote down Medicare for all, vote down a UBI, vote ha? It's just all such a farce, and they want points for this. It's somebody's gonna campaign on this. Yep. Democrats are gonna they're gonna go around and they're gonna say, look what we did. We made this a national holiday. Aren't we so good? See, this the Republicans, they're not crazy. They voted for this. See, bipartisanship is real. Like, it's just so... It really makes me mad. You have to look at the, the symbolic victories. When, when, especially when a government says they're going to do something, how much of it is, is lip service and how much of it is, is action? This is the absolute pinnacle of lip service. This means absolutely nothing for changing the lives of African Americans. And the fact that I see a picture of Joe Biden with, you know, surrounded by a bunch of African Americans as he signs this bill into place, you know, smiling all big with his, you know, big old bright old man smile. It's like, homie, go home because you're doing literally nothing to benefit the people around you. This isn't going to make anything better. Now, yeah, cool. 
we're not slaves anymore. There's been nothing on police reform. Exactly. Like, why wasn't this time spent, you know, actually protecting African-American lives? So instead of every week we have to look at the news and find out another young black man was killed for walking down the street. No, never mind. I guess we get a holiday. I... During... You know now now that the Donald Trump isn't isn't uh, the president anymore, it's kind of harder to make a authoritarian analogies mm-hmm. here. But but like, how far into the the rise of Hitler and how far into Nazi Germany does it go before you start to blame the Germans for not rising up against their their own oppressors like how long do you blame the italians for not rising up or the russians for not overthrowing stalin Mm. like when does it become the people's fault for not for not standing up and i think this falls on white people especially like the 33 percent of the country that is white men This is our fault. To to be a bystander is is just as bad as to be the person being racist. Um, Personally, I wouldn't say it's just as bad, but I would say as a bystander. Well, what are you, the like? What are what are the outcomes? Like, well, like, what, so if if I'm you know if you're in a room with five people, mm-hmm. right, and one person is beating the the other, beating one of the other people, mm-hmm. and there's three people watching, right, mm-hmm. like effectively there's still been a murder committed if those three people had helped to beat up the other guy mm. the the same number of murders would be committed well i don't think like watching is just as bad as taking part but i do think you have a responsibility to step in like if i you... don't i like i i the the issue with this is that how many times have like a white guy and and like said how many times have white guys or like people sat down to have this conversation and like how many times has that argument been raised and so the the time to stand up gets pushed off six months or a year. You're not wrong. And now here we are 400 years later. Do you know that sla- slavery as an institution existed in North America for 250 years mm-hmm. and it's only been ended for like 100, 150. I, now, when, when we say that, this is going to branch into a, a future topic. So I'm going to just let us say that right now. We're not going to go deep into that. But slavery in America definitely still exists. We just call it something different now, and it's called human trafficking. Human trafficking is terrible, and it happens all around the world. It is modern-day slavery, and no one talks about it. And I'm always really baffled that you, ne- you don't hear anyone say anything like, oh, you know, there, there are places around the country that are major hubs. Portland is a major hub for human trafficking. People go missing all the time. It's modern-day slavery. They're being sold into... In, to literally any situation around the world but it's called human trafficking we abolish slavery okay sorry continue with your topic uh i kind of forgot what i'm I was sorry talking about. i shouldn't have done that to you i'm sorry brother that was that was terrible i we're just america and and the i don't hate america mm. i'm not saying these things because i hate america I'm saying these things because I believe in the America that I was told exists. I believe in the America that is written on the Statue of Liberty. You know, give me your poor huddled masses yearning to be free. I believe in that nation. And that nation is not the country that has existed for the last 200 and some odd years. Uh, We've 
we were founded on slavery. Systemic racism is built into the book. Mm. After the Civil War ended, there was like a four-year period of Reconstruction, and then racist white guys got so mad about it, they overthrew all that and instituted Jim Crow. And so there has never been a program of, of rebuilding, of bringing us back together, and, and of saying, hey, man, we're all equal. Stop being so goddamn hateful. That never happened. Because we did basically our own version of appeasement with the angry white South. Um, and so this is what happens when for, you know, a hundred years you you the, you let the, the, the burglars in the house. You let the, the enemy into the building. This is what happens after a hundred years of just conceding over and over and over again. And of, of meeting somebody in the middle who fundamentally is anti democracy well this is what happens when you push it off i think that was episode five of tmi yeah we said this was going to be a long one but ultimately it's about uh, we kind of powered through the beginning topics but uh i really wanted to talk about this stuff at the end i'm really just over this whole injustice thing how long are we gonna have to talk like how long is it not the time for action it's like MLK said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And he also said the time is always right to do what is right. And I don't want to wait for more names to be listed on CNN. I don't want to wait for more people to die. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any ideas on what we should do about it, hit me up in the comments. Send us an email. Little, that was a little joke there. Don't. No. No. Don't do that. I mean, maybe do that. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I'm not against it. Honestly, if you guys are like, hey, I think we should do this, I wouldn't be against being like, all right, this sounds pretty cool. Yeah, but... some organizing or something, yeah. but no violence. Yeah, no violence. Um, okay. Maybe some property violence. No, no property violence. Also, all right, no property violence. On, on the term of this, because I already know where people are going to go, we're, I got I to gotta throw in one more little tidbit that I, I, I have. This is something, a, a very thing that's close to my heart. I don't. I don't like the the phrase. Uh, All cops are bastards. Like I, I'm a. I'm gonna be real. Like it, it's been going around, and I feel like it goes hand in hand with Black Lives Matter these days. It's like Black Lives Matter and all cops are bastards. I don't know if I've said it on this show before, but that's horrible. Well, like, you know, law enforcement. All law enforcement jurisdictions in this country stem originally from like uh yes. three groups of slave catchers yes 100 percent. the the, the five star i point would badge call them is bastards yes but i would call like somebody who owes their allegiance like if somebody came up to me and said hey i'm a member of hydra mm-hmm. i'd call them a bastard like I, how many times removed do you are you from the bad guy before here, you stop being the bad guy the, here's the thing because th- there's a difference between institutionalized racism and personal racism now a cop can join the force whose whole life is just hey i want to save people's lives but that, then that does you not should mean... choose a different profession i i don't think that's the only case though i don't think because like what it sounds like you're saying is when you walk in the door when you walk in the door becoming a precinct you become a racist no. And I, I don't think that's true. What I, what I will say, though, is that when you, the first time that you see, you know, you're out on the beat and you watch your partner punch some black guy who you... Now, yeah, who that's you, that's a problem. Like, when you see that happen and mm-hmm. you don't raise your voice, mm-hmm. you become a racist. Yes, yes, 100%. But I, 
I I think that should be kept separate from the term all cops are bastards. I would what call you, just you a said, bastard at that point. No, because what you just said is I agree with you. You know, if you're a bystander, as a police officer, you should never be a bystander to a crime. As or an injustice. We curious. know now, statistically, they're pretty much all bystanders but not every single one you show me dead like statistically 10 cops one of them's racist one of them's cool seven out of ten of them are bystanders there's an extra wild card in there i i agree but for johnny on the block who just grew up and wanted to protect kids and he became a cop and he's like yo that's some fucked up well shit. then I he agree. should be with us i agree with chanting you. But, that, but that doesn't i all I'm saying is, me personally, I don't like the term "all <laughs> cops are bastards." I'm like, I don't think like walking in the well, door like of my, the profession. Well, my cousin makes Adam bastard. is a cop, mm-hmm. and and uh, like I I believe that like the 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 ideals or like the notion of law enforcement mm-hmm. is a, is a noble one. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. of somebody keeping the peace or of people who are protecting us from from like evil ne'er do wells, but. That notion itself is what feeds into this idea of like the thin blue line. Mm-hmm. And like all of those things I said are really light racist rhetoric, mm-hmm. like three layers removed. You look at what I'm not saying. Like I say, oh, we should have somebody to protect us. And you say, oh, well, protect us from who? Oh, you know, criminals. Well, who are the criminals? Oh, well, you know, the, <laughs> uh, the uh, if you know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Uh, because, you know, you say, you say, oh, well, I don't want my house broken into. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, who broke into your house? Oh, the poor people who, who, you know, can't get a good paying job, Mm -hmm. who live in, in public housing and it's dirty and it's gross. And they, they, you know, maybe uh, they, he, you know, he broke his ankle when he was 12 and his doctor Mm -hmm. prescribed him opioids and Mm -hmm. he couldn't get off of it. And Mm -hmm. now he's on heroin and he needs money for that. And, oh, that's the guy who broke into your house. So, so there are systemic issues and other things we can do to deter crime that don't involve having this thug with a gun, like, patrolling I your streets. I 100% agree with you. There, like we were talking about before, the, uh, the case in, in New York City where there was a group of people that would uh, defuse uh, engagements and then hand it off to the cops like so they didn't always get involved. Those sort of programs are great. I agree that there are some bad apples in the tree, and I agree that there that bad stuff happens. But what I'm saying is, when you like just flat out say all cops are bastard, everyone, there's a level of grouping there. Well, you know? how how? But it's not grouping because nobody is born a cop. No, 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 no. I, and I'm not saying anyone is born a cop, but that's like saying all doctors have bad handwriting. Yeah, it's a stereotype, and a lot of them had bad handwriting, but are you serious right now? Every single doctor on the planet has bad handwriting? I would like, not be able, if Joe Biden said we're starting a new government initiative to improve the handwriting of doctors, I would not be opposed to that. I'm I would not, say, you I'm know no, what, I'm, Joe, that's, that's a what good I'm idea. Saying. I'm not saying we're opposed to it, but what I am saying is, bro, you're going to call out every single yes. doctor because even most of them have bad handwriting. I don't think you can call out every single person who, who like, How calls many their more people have to die homie you're preaching to the choir here i understand what you're saying how like how if i if if the health inspector comes and says hey man this house is is unsafe to live in Mm. like is every single board in the house rotted 
or is just enough of the house rotted for it to collapse at any moment? Just enough of the house, but you don't get to so, you don't so, come in so, and say all boards are bastards. You, you say come this in and house, you say house the house is unsafe. Needs work. You say this house you exactly. can't live in this so house. You this say house is rotted. Defund the police. You don't go around saying all cops are bastards. I I don't know. I would say like this house is is a toxic, unlivable environment, and that would be just as 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 uh, as accurate as saying it this is house just is unsafe. as accurate, but without calling out the individuals. I could say this house is rotting and if you go in there you're gonna die yes and that would be just as accurate it would be just as accurate but you're not calling out the individuals who I might think have not that taken any part. cop who has not joined a protest mm -hmm. except for my cousin adam except for my cousin adam could maybe be a bastard so are you saying that adam is a chill person yeah no i like him i like the guy and uh there's probably like no, I understand what you're saying because you can't like you can't vilify exactly. people. And hold up, let like me you finish. can. Let me finish. You can't vilify an entire group. We do it because it takes less time. It's simple. It is easier to say all cops are bastards. Well, once than you saying put on a that uniform cops. and once you put on the SWAT gear and you're holding the rifle and you're you know looking down at a huge group of protesters. Mm -hmm. How much of an individual are you? Yeah, but what if you were the guy who was on call that day and you were at home and you had nothing to do with that protest? You are, you're still a cop. You still carry the badge. You didn't yeah, go well, out shooting protesters. Like, like you, but... See, this it's is just one, a yikes. It's just pretty yikes, man. I agree that it's yikes. This has just been my personal little tidbit. I don't, I don't like the term "all cops are bastards" just because for that one, for that one guy, I like call me, call me crazy, but like I'm, I'm an op optimist. It's not nice. Sometimes it's not nice. No, it's I will not. grant you, it is not a nice phrase. But you know what's even meaner? Hmm. This Juneteenth thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's whack. I don't know, like. <laughs> How long Americans have been just taking it on the chin? Mm. They've been just getting punched in the face mm. every day, over mm. and over and over again. Mm. Black Americans and minorities, especially, mm. just double punched, bop bop, hit them with the good one too. And you can't be mad at these people for expressing their anger. No, you can't. I'm. I didn't know about any of this stuff. The mm. amount that I've learned in the last two years about racial injustice in this country is astonishing. Crazy. And this is what they call critical race theory. This mm -hmm. is the things that Republicans are so mad about. And this is the, these because are the things once that they're pushing you, out of schools. Once you learn this stuff, you see that oh, these guys are talking crazy talk. Mm. I don't know, man. I uh, a cab is like. Because every – the problem is systemic, which yes. means that everybody who is a part of the system is a part of the problem. No, I don't agree. I'm, are there individual cop? Maybe, maybe, yeah. There are a few good cops who are conscious, and they're like, "Oh, I'm a cop. It's my job to be respectable and be safe to exactly." People. Like, but even then, on that cop's bad day, he can pull somebody over and decide, "Oh, this guy, I'm gonna hit him with a ticket because I didn't have my coffee this morning." You're 100 percent right, but and to... so I just disagree fundamentally with having these like. Like this guy who's just another person, just another human being. Mm -hmm. He gets horny sometimes. He shit this morning. Mm -hmm. I, I disagree with like giving these people, having them be arbiters of justice. I agree that they need more. But all I'm saying is, come on, you went, you went to school in America just like me. 
the we're not going to name drop but school the police officer the SRO, for middle dude. school you know yeah. the middle school and the high school police officers they weren't bastards i can't sit here and in good conscience say all cops are bastards thinking about the officers that would wave to me I every know. day going to class like they weren't mean yeah but, I can't. but for every one cop like how many times do you think he saw something that wasn't quite right but mm-hmm. looked the other way mm-hmm. i I have no idea. And and how many times does a good cop, quote unquote, have to see something like that happen before they become a bad cop? I, I do not doubt and you. How, like, when does, how, at, at what point does just like knowing that this institution is poisoned, like who's like, oh, I'm going to join the Hitler youth and I'm going to change them from the inside? <sighs> I feel like the, the difference there is that the overall like message of the group okay all right ss i'm gonna join i'm gonna i i really gotta stop going with the the hitler comparisons yeah, you, you can do. you can do much you better. do it a lot well that's because it's so easy to draw parallels to authoritarianism in this country we're i understand we're an empire in decline yeah uh i like when does when does an institution become rotted enough that to like express interest in it on its face is enough to like taint the person with this specific institution, with the institution of the way it's been perceived, we're, we're kind of starting to see it change how we view it now as a as a society. But, you know, for our childhoods, you know, I, I couldn't say it was a bad idea to, to join. Yeah, there were terrible things happening, but, you know, for the kids growing up who are like, I want to get a badge and protect people. you Well, they just shouldn't have a gun. <laughs> Hundred percent. You're not. No complaints from me. There. Well, actually, because we live in America and all the citizens have guns. If you if you put cops on the street, only four percent of the 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 calls that cops respond to are actually violent oh, crimes. Well, only four percent. I agree. I so agree. that and means ninety six like, out of a hundred times they don't need a gun. And that's why people other than cops like should go over there and handle it the guy with the gun who's trained to react and kill someone and if they move wrong doesn't need to be the same guy going over to to stop the two people yelling in their front lawn like it doesn't need to happen but just because you carry that gun and that badge that does not instantly make you a a bastard in my mind and I would implore everyone okay, to really listen, consider all immediately a cab is not saying that I'm gonna immediately mark every police officer no, I but see. You're in my running view. around screaming. It's all not cops running are around screaming all cops are bastards. It's during organized protests, groups of people mad at the institution and mad at the system are staring at a wall of quote unquote law enforcement officers decked out in military gear, mm. getting ready to launch tear gas and shoot bean bags at them what are they i agree. what would you call that i would call them bastards i would call those cops bastards but you don't get to say all cops are bastards because the ones in front of you are throwing tear gas at you so you want them to say like you cops are bastards i all i'm saying is the idea of grouping people is taken too far sometimes you can't run around saying you're all in one profession we're going to group you together that same concept that same idea is what leads to these, you know, situations where you're judging an entire group by a few bad apples. A few bad apples, mostly bad apples, 90% bad apples, 
I wouldn't call every single apple in there bad. Now call me an Would optimist. you say throw out that basket of apples? Hell yes I would. Throw it out. Burn it. Nobody should be eating those apples. But because of that one apple in there that is trying its best to just be a shiny boy and keep the doctors away, I wouldn't say all apples are bastards. See, like, I see this, like, that as, like, pandering to pro law, like, like, the the middle-aged gen x white people who are like i like my cop down the street and he's my friend and i don't <laughs> think that cops are bad like there's so much history behind these institutions there's there's a ton of history like but... law enforcement is there to protect private property yes and private property as an institution mm-hmm. mostly just locks us out of it like, those cops are there to protect Target mm. and to keep people from looting the Apple store. Mm. And that's it. They don't give a fuck about us. They no. don't care about you. No. They pull you over and write you a ticket because their paycheck is based on how many tickets they write. Mm. They... What do you call somebody whose entire job is based on ruining other people's day? A lawyer? What do you? What do people call <laughs> lawyers? People go. People talk. It's a. It's a thing. I hate lawyers. That's a thing that happens. You don't see people going. You can't say that you hate lawyers. You can't say lawyers are bad. I didn't. I didn't even say you can't say all cops are bastards. <laughs> but when I when we were going to leave off on the what should we do? You know what should we do about six, systemic racism? I'm like, hold up. Let's not start running around screaming all cops are bastards. I am all a for lot of- organized peaceful protest. Yes. Organized peaceful protest. And I think that the First Amendment allows you to shout whatever the hell you want. As long as it's not inciting violence. Yeah, I was about to say, just we're on the same page, it does not. Yeah, but uh, that's not inciting violence. It's not... Actually, I feel like it definitely... I don't know. I think the Supreme Court would disagree because what the Westboro Baptist Church does isn't Uh inciting violence. So... Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. I I don't know. It's a this this is listen, just, this listen. Is one of those topics where when when are you supposed to, to when is when are you justified in saying a cab? Like when for you would it be ready? When would you say okay, I've seen enough. It's time. When I see every single law enforcement officer in America do something messed up, I will say ACAB. What did, what Every counts as messed one. up? No. At this point, does just taking your paycheck from the or participating in a police union? No. No? No. Because I, police unions are the reason why we have qualified immunity, and they're the reason why these cops can walk around and shoot people and mm, nothing happens. Mm. And so does just participating in that, because that could be enough for me. It does not for me personally. Because at cops... Before they put on the badge, they're also a person. And I agree that the badge needs to make them more than a person, but they are, in fact, a person. They have a family they need to get home to. They have food they need to put on the table. They have stresses they worry about. But now we're talking about systemic issues. Yes. And so even if those people are like, yeah, I've got these things, they're picking the wrong profession. If you want to feed your family, you can do something that isn't participating in this system that has oppressed people for hundreds of years. You could just do something else. And we've got this significant portion of our population who is tasked with just oppression. And we could just have them do something else. And that's not saying that the people who are cops are bastards. It's saying that the profession of being a police officer 
is a bastard profession. I have a hard time separating the two. As someone who doesn't understand the term all cops are bastards, well, you I know, would have a hard time separating it, the profession it's versus It's five the words. It's five words. Exactly. So it's, it's a slogan. That's the point. You, like, slogans can be dangerous. You can't run around screaming a slogan without explaining it. Because when you just explained, all right, we're not talking about the people, the profession. Well, I'm not all even, right. and like, this is what people mean when they're like, Antifa is organized. Like, this... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't know who we is. I'm just speaking for me. This yeah. is how I feel. This is how I've rationalized a cat or not rat. This is how I interpret it. And mm-hmm. this is why I feel it's worth saying at least, you know, in the moment, like I'm not going to go drive past, like, you know, if I'm driving down the highway and I see a cop, you know, doing a traffic stop, I'm not going to roll down my window and shout a cab. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in downtown Portland in union square, and you know they've declared that our peaceful gathering is a riot because they they didn't there were just too many people here yeah then then there you go then there's i feel like that my problem is with the word all my my problem is with the word all when you group all of them together like it's you're talking about people people are individuals not well all of them would, are going to believe like, in any one idea. when can you start like i would say all confederates are bastards even though i'm sure yeah. there were plenty of confederates who were fighting just for states rights or whatever i think that the difference there is the the meaning behind the institutions well, what now, is the, the – we've already established no, 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 the no, meaning I, behind our current police enforcement was yes, slave but catching. there is also a further meaning to it and the, like, ideas that the people who become cops inspire when, and they also project onto it. Because the idea of becoming a cop, yes, at one point it was catching slaves. It has also evolved into keeping people safe, protecting the streets. Now, yes, who are you protecting But protecting from? the – keeping people safe from what and protecting the streets from who? And I the mean, answer is black people. But there are other criminals than just black people. And but they, they – and yes, they are treated differently by police, but they are still yeah. there and they still have a job to do. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, like police still police white people. They just do it gently. You know, like it does happen. You still see white people get thrown in police cars. They just get tossed or softly placed in the police car. They still do things to police them. You know, they, it's not like no. I, and like if if, if police treated everybody like that mm-hmm. and they didn't have guns for routine traffic stops and for shit like that, there wasn't a war on drugs. I wouldn't want to say a cab. fair so it's not it's not like a condemnation it's a it's a call for change it's saying things need to be better you're bastards right now but you don't have to be i that's not that's not what i hear when i hear the term all cops are bastards like when i hear that personally well when okay sorry keep keep going like what i hear is you're calling out everyone who wears that badge as a monster that's like what when you look well, at that's the term, level one exactly. But then level two is you say, oh, well, actually, this institution is built on slave catchers, and then you say, oh, step three, actually, they're here to protect the private property. And if the MacBook store and the Target down the street, and we hadn't spent all this money on this beautiful municipal building, if that wasn't here, they wouldn't give a fuck. If we were holding this rally in some buttfuck nowhere, Kentucky, there wouldn't be anybody fucking here. Mm. That that's and that's step three, and you go to step four, and you say, "Hold up, wait a minute. 
if we were all white and brandishing AR-15s and holding a MAGA rally, they would not give a fuck. They would be here with us. We've swore so much. This episode's getting marked as explicit. I'm not even... Yeah, it yeah. It'll make it easier. Like, how many steps further does it take before... My problem uh, is that step one was that classifying everyone in a single position. I I hate that. That, that idea never leads to something good in, in my Well, mind. I agree with you when it's something that is an intrinsic trait. Nobody Yeah, okay. Okay. N- nobody is intrinsically a cop. A law enforcement officer yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. Like it's a choice you make. It is not it's not something like every day make. you are choosing to uphold this institution that yeah. has done nothing but oppress people mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. And and I say done I'm sure that some people people have been helped by a good cop. Mm-hmm. But that is supposed to be what this like that is just good Samaritanism. But that I will take that and that that that's not part of being a back. cop. That's part of being like a good person. But when you put but you can't completely separate the two. You, you just because they put on the badge doesn't mean they stop being a person. All the emotions don't turn off and they're a robot. They're but then a you should, if so. you can't control your emotions, then you should pick a different profession. I completely agree with you. I am not saying I'm not. You're wrong. I'm not condemning any people. It's a cops are a profession. It's a. It's a. You can change your job. You cannot be a cop anymore. You can quit and then you're not a cop. You can't quit being a black person. No, you can't. Well, I, Michael Jackson. Okay, he came real close. He figured it out. <laughs> he cracked the code. I mean, <laughs> Sorry, that's you, I'm gonna. We're, we are, I don't think that needs to be cut out. No, all right, you're, you're, all right. A little, a little humor, and we've been debating real hard for a minute. So that's a true. Humor will that's go true. A long way. I understand what you're saying. That when everyone in the profession is causing the problem, I think my issue, and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of like Republicans who also disagree with all cops are bastards. The problem is, at its surface, you were saying people are bastards because cops are, in fact, still people. They like you can't tell me a cop isn't a person. No, He's but like, it is. It is like a. It's a profession. You can choose to stop being a cop. Oh yeah, but like when if you were to take that and you were to say like all doctors are bats bastards, I'm not gonna immediately think you're calling that lab coat a bastard because the cop came, or the doctor came in and put it on. Well, what like, if what what if like doctors were were doing killing people on on the table? Like they just randomly they were just like you know what slice slice you're gone. I don't like you. I didn't like your face slice slice and you wanted to call all doctors bastards (laughs) even if most doctors were doing it i would have a problem because you were calling okay at a peaceful protest an anti-doctor protest Hmm. while you're staring at a line of doctors armed with scalpels wearing their full surgery gear Mm -hmm. they got the goggles on they have that bone saw it's revving they're looking at you in that moment do you think you might be heated enough to say a dab. I, <laughs> I think in that moment you would be heated enough to say it, but I don't think that should be a slogan that carries with you across, you know, your social media platforms and you scream that, it while you're with that your friends. We have to be like who on the right is pulling any punches? Did the people in Charlottesville pull any punches? No, no. And I'm I'm not saying they are. But. So So if we come out with a compromise and then we compromise our compromise position with the people in charlottesville we're end up three quarters charlottesville i wouldn't say it's a compromise just saying 
there's major corruption in the police force. That's the compromise. Like, I... Because the police force is the corruption. Our, the institution was never designed to protect people. It was designed to protect the property of the upper class. Yes, but And when it started, pe- the property was people. Now but the property is merchandise. Is, is land and merchandise. But that does not mean that every single person who comes into the institution is going to follow those same, like, beliefs and uphold those same institutional values. If, well, like... It's like the, now we're just arguing in a different way about the whole just following orders thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I think that we came to the philosophical conclusion that just following orders is not a good ethical Yeah, that's not absorption. a moral deterrent. You can't be like, I was following orders, so I shot those kids. What? I'm sorry. I was following orders, so I participated in this institution that kills like a thousand unarmed men a year. And that strikes fear and terror into the hearts of minorities and just people everywhere yeah like i don't know anybody who's not nervous when a cop is around i wonder if this is how the palestinians feel probably a little worse because like missiles still see this is why i had such a hard time like justifying like like how like the palestinians will feel because at the end of the day we're not getting missiles shot into our houses in the middle of the night like What's going on in Palestine is not a joke. But we did have unmarked federal vans kidnapping people. We did. That is true. That All right, is we've true. gone on way too long. We're at an hour and 15 minutes here. We got to wrap this up. All, All right. right. Um, well, it's been TMI. I've been Anthony Miller. I've been JBW. We'll see you later. Peace.